The following is a production of Galactic Netcasts. We're the answers. Production of Black Netcast. I'm Gregor Sprague. And I'm Corey Scott. For all info on this show, including show notes and subscription links, go to elsnerds.com. And for other Galactic Netcast programs, go to GNCasts.com. On Else Nerds, we will spoil things for you, and we will probably say some cuss words. I don't want to offend anybody, but you're likely to be offended. This is true. This is sadly true. It's been two weeks um, since our last episode. Corey, how have you been? Uh, I have been sick and tortured, so good times, good times. Nice, yes. Oh, oh, but I did do an episode of Mind of a Geek yeah. over on the Ink Geek Network with Nate and Brandon. Uh, if you want to hear me talk about, I don't know, me, which is weird, uh, like I don't do that on this show, you can go check out that episode. They also just had uh, Daryl from Who News and Reviews on there last night. And they had Matt two months ago because Matt, yep. Matt Matt mentioned that in our in our Slack, and I watched that episode. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. But and I see his point where he was coming across with a couple of the points that with the comments he made. I'm like, yeah, I see that, but no, that's great. And I think I will be on the first episode of Galactic Radio. Yeah, which should be cool. Something to look forward to. Yes. Um, so other things we got look to look forward to is our news, the Elts news. Um, and the first bit is that Chris O'Dowd will start in the Get Shorty TV series. It earlier this summer, Epics started working on the t- the t- Get Shorty television show, reportedly based on both Elmore Leonard's novel and Barry Sonnenfeld's excellent ab- adaptations. And unlike this, he uh, Ernest Chili Palmer isn't the protagonist of the story. The epic uh, adaptation stars around Miles Daly, a former member of the Nevada Crime Syndicate, who will be played by Chris O'Dowd from the IT crowd. Yeah, so this is this is a little unusual, but if you watch the first season of Fargo on FX, they did something similar where uh, it was based off of the movie to a degree, and when you're watching it at first, you might have been led to believe that it was just the same story as the movie done over again, uh, but they changed up some things, and they really focused on the character played by uh, Martin Freeman more than I would have expected, again, if they had been following the, the movie uh, more than that. And um, and this sounds kind of similar in that they've announced Chris O'Dowd as part of this as a character who was not in the, the film and I don't believe was in the original book. And Ray Romano is also going to be on there, and he is going to be playing the character that Gene Hackman played in the movie, uh, who is particularly funny in the film. I, I've i mentioned, I think, in past incarnations of the show that I am a pretty big Elmore Leonard fan based off of my love of Justified, and I started reading all the books that were about Raylan Givens, and I read some of the short stories that he did Outside of that, and I've watched a few of his films like this. I have not seen the sequel, uh, Too Cool, which I heard was not particularly beloved. 
I uh, liked but, it, but I hadn't yeah. seen Get Shorty before it. Get Shorty is really pretty good. And then the one that he did with uh, Jennifer Lopez and uh, George Clooney, uh, I can't quite remember the name, unfortunately, at the moment. That was also excellent. Uh, his his dialogue is just impeccable. And the the themes of his, his stuff is close to like a Guy Ritchie... Uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels kind of film, uh, or Snatch. Snatch is also getting a TV series, as I understand it, with uh, the kid who played Ron in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, uh, um, Rupert Grant. Rupert, yeah. So there's some good stuff coming out. I also saw John Cho has a show coming out on USA where he plays a con man, which sounded a little bit too much like white collar to me, but I'm sure they'll put a different spin on it. Uh, so there's some good TV stuff coming out. I'm holding back the obvious racist joke right there. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I pulled this article or picked this article was one, because Chris O'Dowd and two, because I only saw the sequel and the sequel, uh, Danny DeVito had the, gr- had the great line in the beginning of like, and this is at the time, so it might've changed now, but of how, PG-13 movies can only have, or can only be PG-13 and say the F word one time. Well, you know what I got to say about that? Fuck that. Sort of <laughs> Like that. Like he said the F word and then he went, fuck that or whatever. And it was the only time you ever heard anyone say fuck. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Like, and now we are rated R. So there we go. But then you go from that to uh, Vince Vaughn was great in the movie because this was right around... Um, Dodgeball and the other like Will Ferrell movies that he was doing and so it was like in that core where he's still really funny and The Rock was great too I think The Rock played um, I think his character was gay and he, he was like a bodyguard or something like that to Vince Vaughn. No I think I remember that from the advertisements it was still very early in The Rock's acting career and it was it was one of those things of like they were making a big deal of the fact that The Rock was playing a homosexual in this movie because it was so uh, at that point in time considered against type, uh, which it, w- it, it still is against type. But The Rock is someone who's proven that he can do. Uh, he he's become a big name actor, yeah, mostly for for action films and such. But still, he's someone that people take seriously in Hollywood now. Whereas at that point in time, it was the same thing as you get The Rock or some random football player or sports star on SNL, and one of the things you're going to have to do in one of the skits is make them dress up as a woman because that's that's what you do. You've got this big testosterone-filled mm-hmm. person, and you, you make them dress up as a woman because that's comedy. Uh, and it was just – it's so – on point with every time that they do one of those shows and they have one of those guests on there that's like, how are we going to make this person funny? But The Rock is honestly funny and yeah. honestly a good actor uh, and has proven himself more in Hollywood now. It's, but that it, doesn't mean that it was a bad part for him. If I remember at this time, I believe this is also when the legendary wrestler Pat Patterson came out as well. So I think the, and the, Pat Patterson was the manager was the guy who called all of the Rock's matches. I don't mean called like did commentary. I mean he was the he was the the booker, the producer of the matches. Like every time went like in the Rock's heyday that he had a match, Pat Patterson was the one doing it. Pat Patterson was the one who was behind the Rock. Choice of words there 
notwithstanding, but behind pushing the rock to be these the most electrifying. Still no man better. In all still of, no better. Don't, don't care. I'm going with it. But still pushing him to be the most electrifying man in all of sports entertainment that he became. So I, th- I think that's where The Rock used some of the, his inspiration, but not all of it. Because obviously Pat Patterson, not a a flamboyant gay man, but still it's it was probably one of those. Like he probably got a lot of it because I believe his character had, it was one of those that Vin Diesel's, or not Vin Diesel, uh, Vince Vaughn. How I mix those up, oh, I have no idea. But his character, I think, was a little bit more like, you gotta keep that shit in the closet sort of deal. Which is weird because world wrestling is a place where you can get away with being a big guy and flamboyant at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't seem like it would be so far out of bounds to do that. But I guess if you still... Like, there's flamboyant and then there's being openly homosexual, which may have been seen as something that... Uh, I'll, I'll play the gay character, but it doesn't mean that I'm actually gay, or it doesn't mean the fans think that I'm necessarily gay. Well, and yeah, so, that's, yeah. And this is Pat Patterson who wrestled. I think he wrestled towards the end in the '80s, so there's like I think '60s, '70s, '80s. So that was big time. I don't think he was. I don't think he came out of the closet at all during that like very secretive because this is back, you know, you know WrestleMania three era that he was in that we're talking here. And okay, so getting back on to get shorty, uh, the it is scheduled to start this fall uh, with Epic's planning on airing the series next summer, um, I believe on Hulu, if I remember correctly, unless that deal expires. Um, huh. So I mean, we're gonna get to it in a minute, but that's another reason that I may actually need to start subscribing to Hulu, which doesn't make me better at all. No, because and. So here, let's we'll do this transition with this. I just canceled Hulu, mainly because I'm out of, I'm not working. But they announced last week, excuse me, that they were doing, getting away with the free tier, uh, giving away the free tier to Yahoo and going subscription only. And I'm like, so you're doing the Netflix route? Basically, you are doing the Netflix route because you do a watch list, you don't do a queue, which is what set you apart with the fact that I could go to your show, to your net, your website. And go, okay, I have 20-some shows in there from, you know, the past three, four days. Now it's just everything I might have watched, even ones that I'm like, oh, well, let's check this out. And I didn't like it. But now I get bombarded every time there's a new episode. Well, I mean, I I don't know whose interface or anything. First of all, how do you give away the free tier to another company? Like, what does that mean exactly? Does that... So... this is your port- portal into Hulu, except you don't pay for it. You just go through Yahoo instead, exactly. but you get all the same content? Yes. So the, the <clears throat> Hulu and Yahoo made this deal, and I'm going off all of it off of hearsay, which one of the benefits is it gave the sixth season of Community, it made it available on Hulu. So it's sort of in the way of how a video will embed, or a website will embed a video from YouTube. It's in there. So it's, I forget what it's called. I think it's called Yahoo View. But it's powered by Hulu. Okay. So, so they do it that way where the show, uh, you get. So Hulu's no longer interested in collecting money for the ads that would play they during st- the free content. Not during the free content. They still have the two tiers of seven ninety nine for the limited commercials and then uh, eleven ninety nine for the ad-free experience. Except not really ad-free was when it rolled out it was like there were already deals in place 
that there was still going to be ads on certain things, which is, again, why Hulu is bullshit. Mm-hmm. But okay. But one thing that might not make it as much bullshit is uh, the Marvel Runaways TV series coming to Hulu. So as a Hulu original. And for those of you guys who do, do not know uh, Runaways, I actually have two of the volumes. Now that I'm thinking about it. Runaways was basically yeah. was written by Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, who people would know now from Saga, but this is back at the time that he was still kind of an up-and-comer. He had been doing uh, Why the Last Man and um, Ex Machina and, and other things as well. But like it is, as far as properties that he, he owned and was the creator on, and Runaways was an original concept, but deeply implanted in the Marvel Universe. So they were basically children of, uh, we, we discover, they, they find out that their parents are supervillains. Uh, this whole group of kids that have been hanging out over time for years, uh, all of their parents hang out, but it turns out when their parents are getting together, it's to plan the demise of nations and defeating uh, superheroes and beating up shield agents and things. And the Runaways, uh, in finding this out, decide that they need to stop their parents. But they also, um, not necessarily discover this point in time, but some of them, it turns out, have powers. So there is a character who is the children of aliens, and she has powers. Uh, There is a mutant character. Uh, There is a girl who winds up controlling a dinosaur, having a telepathic link with it and a gadgeteer and so on. So, uh, and one of them is a witch. Unfortunately, uh, the the book was tremendous. The book was mm-hmm. absolutely great uh, under Brian K. Vaughan. Had some mixed runs uh, later on, uh, run written by Terry Moore of Strangers in Paradise, a uh, run written by uh, Joss Whedon, who uh, you might have heard of. He he did Aliens 4. And, uh, Wait, did so, he really? Yeah, or... he did. The book after Brian left it, uh, didn't stagnate so much, but went through changes, uh, added some characters, some characters went away, and then kind of they kept teaming them up with the Young Avengers, which also came out a little while afterwards, but close to the same time. And then they didn't know what to do with the characters, so they just kind of split up the team. There was that series a couple years ago where they had a bunch of the young characters on an island, and they basically did a Hunger Games with them. Yeah, it was it the was se- it was not the, good. Yeah, it was the sequel to or spinoff to Avengers Academy, which I think featured some of these characters as well. Um, yep, some of these characters are part of that, and then they went on to the next book. To of now, Avengers uh, Arena. Yeah, now Nico is a part of A-Force. Uh, I'm not sure what happened to some of the other characters. I don't know where they, they went. Chase, uh, so, I think Chase was... Oh, uh, we just saw Chase in um, Avengers AI, I believe. And then I think he was in he was in one of the issues of uh, the Vision comic book. Uh, no, that wasn't Chase. That was the other character. No, that was, was a, the, that was that uh, was I know it was Mantra, but I thought, but they they <clears throat> talked about him in uh, with with Victor Mancha. I think it's, is it it's Victor, okay. right? Yeah, Victor. Yeah, they, they talked um, about him because they gave Victor's backstory in this. Oh gosh, sorry. Vision, great comic book. Go check it out. Written by Tim King. Um, I highly recommend that book. Yeah, and and. 
unfortunately running into some of the same problems where already we know that Tim King's not going to stay on the book for very long. It's it's ending uh, because he signed an exclusive with DC, and they're already appropriating characters from that book to the new uh, Champion series. But that's, the problem with Runaways is that at some point they just split all the characters off, so there is no Runaways in Marvel Comics anymore. And it's too bad because what made the characters interesting really was this team dynamic and the story that was that started it out. I would have rather seen the book come to a complete stopping point, an ending point, than just kind of they left them hanging for a long time and then they started taking them and putting them in other things and you don't see them like even mentioning each other a lot of the times now, uh, which is somewhat realistic. You know, you don't always hang out with your, your kids, your friends you grew up with as kids for the rest of your life, but it's still a bummer deal. And I hope that getting this to a TV series is going to maybe reinstill the value at Marvel. Mm-hmm. But Marvel doesn't seem to really care about having their books reflect what's going on in uh, their films or TV shows. They, they, they start to for a little bit. Like there was the S.H.I.E.L.D. book that came out based off of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in some ways. Uh, but then you look at, for the last couple of years, we've had Jane Foster as Thor, and Yodinson is not in his own book. Uh, we have um, Falcon as Captain America. We're getting a replacement Iron Man uh, with this new character, Riri Williams, uh, as Ironheart. And I, I admire Marvel taking chances on on doing these things and sort of reinventing or introducing new characters. But at the same time, it seems really strange to have the world looking at your characters up on the screen and doing everything you can to eliminate any semblance of, of continuity with that in your books. With, yeah, with the... TV shows and like like the the TV shows and movies, yes, but animation, I think they're doing a little bit more, staying closer to that. Like with like because they've introduced Kamala Khan, they they're gonna introduce Spider Gwen, um, this week. They've done all these other versions. Now they've tweaked and ha- and had their fun with origin stories, like making Carnage Peter Parker when he has the Venom sim uh Venom thing on him it's not technically a symbiote because it's not created like it's it's not a uh, clintar as it is in the comic books now it's some cre- some creature that uh that's uh norman osborne had doc ock make um but anyways uh so the uh runaways is going to be executive produced by gossip girl creators uh josh schwartz and stephanie savage have not seen gossip girl um, so don't know too much about that, to be honest with you guys. Yeah, um, and I mean, as as we're looking at series that are on other channels, uh, we know that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and what was supposed to be its spinoffs and uh, Agent Carter, while they do reference the movies, the movies don't really reference them too much, although Agent Carter started out in Captain America... And wound up in uh, the the sequel and had a cameo in the the third film. Um, 
the TV series on Netflix, again, seem to be in the same universe in, in setting, but not a lot of reference back and forth. But we're looking at what Marvel is doing with uh, Cloak and Dagger is another series that they are bringing out. That's going to be on the ABC Family Channel that's now Freeform. Yep. Uh, which I don't know how much of that is going to tie into the other Marvel Universe stuff, uh, cinematic Marvel Universe stuff, but it's certainly going to be a different feeling show, uh, one, by the channel that it's on, but two, I think that they're they're saying it's going to be more of a teen drama type thing. And Runaways, being from the creators of, of Gossip Girl, seems more like that CW drama potential than it does, you know, what is what the expectation is of a comic book superhero type thing. It, I mean, we don't really know yet what they're going to go for, but it could be very different from what the expectation is. Yes. And until we get more information about it, are we going to see old lace? Are we going to see a basically a velociraptor? running around in the show are are we going to see references to what are other types of of characters from the Marvel universe be are we going to get mutants in this because of Molly Hayes uh, are we going to get aliens like the the Skrulls in this uh, which got introduced in the book through the relationship with Carolina there's a lot of things that maybe they gl- they gloss over or they don't approach at all, and they just kind of do a a lower end version of it. So it's I really could see right honestly right now I could see them doing a, I, a one of two two aspects here, either they rework Molly Hayes to where she's not a mutant, but also probably not an inhuman either. Um, or, or she could be an inhuman, I don't know. Um, and separate themselves from... Separate the saying, okay, this is a Marvel Cinematic Universe property like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Or they could... And then, you know, they rework all the different characters like that have influenced... That are influenced by, um, you know, the, the property that Fox owns. Or they do this nod of well we're not in the marvel cinematic universe we're not in fox we're in this middle area and use and we so we do get to use the scrolls and um molly hayes is a mutant but you're not going to see professor xavier you're not going to see the fantastic four you're not going to see any of these big name like characters. what they're doing with with legion yeah uh, when they they talk about mutants and they they reference that they exist, but they don't say anything about the X Men per se. And the other thing is that we we've, we've seen with Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, <clears throat> they didn't really explain where Jessica Jones got her abilities in her series. Uh, so it's not necessary to define these things all the way down to that point. As long as you've got a good show that keeps it interesting and gives you an idea of like, well, this is what they can do. And we can't necessarily explain why. You know, they're just an enhanced human in in some ways. Um, It's easy enough to skip over those things, but it would be nice. I mean, that was part of the beauty of Runaways. It would be like doing a Young Avengers without it being tied to the other Avengers. All of the things that they did to make those characters 
kind of connect was like it was a mystery going along to find out who they actually were but it was the whole starting point was that they're young avengers you know we've got asgardian we've got hulkling we've got iron lad um and uh oh man i can't remember the the captain america analog at that point but america they were ms america no patriot oh patriot yeah the original series who uh, wasn't modeled after Cap, but J. Jonah Jameson actually said he's modeled after Bucky, which was which was interesting. So, to do Runaways and not have those ties would be disappointing. But that's kind of what we are are stuck with with the the Marvel Universe cinematically. Is can they access everything? Should they access everything? Uh, or should they just try to take the spirit of it and make the changes they need to to still be able to tell a good story uh, in the confines that they have? Yeah. Um, also, one of two things, or, or actually one thing here, um, just so you know, we have we do have uh, Brandon Raymond watching live, and he's alternating between us and Jessica Jones, although, Corey, you are prettier, and his preferred heroic private dick. <laughs> And also, I just got to say to that, private dick. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, but with, with that, with the runways, I feel like it's going to be, it's one of those that I enjoyed, but I didn't pick up all the trades as, um, as I could, as I could, you know. It was, um, and B, can you, ha- uh, hook up Brandon with the invite? Um, so I'm, I'm not, I don't lose total focus to the Slack. Thank you. Um, but so it's like, it is one of those that I, it is on my list to pick up, you know, all the, um, all the different volumes. I think I have the f- first issue cause it was like a double sized or a double sided flip issue or something like that. And then the third volume of Runaways. So, yeah, it's interesting that way. Um, but no, I'm excited for this just because it's interesting to see Marvel go. Like, because everyone was wondering since ABC owns Marvel, so are we only going to see Marvel or Disney owns Marvel and Marvel own, or Disney owns ABC? ABC. We only going to see Marvel stuff on. ABC now, ABC properties, and the answer looks like it's not exactly. Yeah, um, and it it's good because it, when you have that kind of attention, why wouldn't you put yourself everywhere? Why wouldn't you want to be on on multiple different uh, places where people can find you? And if you're if you find a person who hasn't watched the other shows, who doesn't maybe have Netflix but has Hulu, and they do see, oh, I, I'm liking this Runaway stuff, I wonder what other stuff Marvel has uh, as far as shows, and then they go and they pick up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then maybe they do get a, a Netflix subscription to watch the Marvel shows on that. It, it's Why would you limit yourself if you don't have to? Uh, but it does also make sense. It's like, well, yeah, but we get all the advertising from ABC, so why wouldn't we keep it in house when we can? Um, 
And to that I say CW doing all of the DC superhero shows at this point because they can't seem to make them work on other stations. Uh, didn't work on CBS, didn't work on NBC, and the stuff kind of transfers back over to the CW again. So in the long term, maybe that is what has to happen for them. Yeah. Um, the next news is news of, and I saw the trailer for this, and I enjoy this. I, I really like love this. It was pretty cool. Um, and this is, a trailer is out. We will have the link in the show notes to the Slash Film article that will have it in there. But it's Batman Return of the Cape Crusader trailer. Um, and this just looks pretty awesome. This is based on the uh, TV series from 1966 starring Adam West. And you have um, Adam West and Burt Ward as Batman and Robin. And you also have um, uh, Julie, uh, Julie Newmar as Catwoman. Um, and I don't know who, who else is in there doing voices. And this, I mean, the, the problem is, is that a lot of the original actors from the show, uh, I think these might be the only three that are left that are still with us. Uh, yeah. Burgess Meredith from, from the playing the penguin, Cesar Romero, uh, one of my personal favorites, Frank Gorshin. And, of course, Yvonne Craig, who passed away around this time last year, uh, they're all gone. So just to get these actors, to get Adam West and Burt Ward back and to add in Julie Newmar, uh, although I was always more of a Lee Merriweather uh, Catwoman, uh, and Eartha Kitt, who's also really awesome. Yes. It, it, it's just kind of amazing to see this happen. Uh, Adam West has been doing a lot of voiceover work for obviously family guy, but he's done bits that were kind of a playoff as Batman. He played, I think uh, an incarnation of the blue Falcon essentially on a Scooby-Doo movie recently. Oh, uh, he's, he's, he's he was, done a lot of, he was Catman on uh, fairly odd parents. Yeah. With, um, with, uh, oh, who was the other one? Uh, Jay Leno played, like, another, uh, was it Chin Man or something like that? And that makes sense. And there, uh, I mean, Adam West is just so iconic, his voice and his mannerisms uh, in, in playing Batman and pretty much in anything else. Uh, he's just so good that, yeah, why wouldn't you do it if you have the opportunity to? Plus, it's just... It's good, silly fun, and I think the article even mentions the fact that they just did The Killing Joke, which was an R-rated animated film, uh, not without controversy, mm -hmm. but this is a PG-rated one, so it's suitable to, you can have your kids watch this. This, whenever I look at a lot of the, um, a lot of the movies that they do, I look at them as, with the animated movies, I look at them as having the potential to be a, a a series. Like, could there be sequels or stuff related to it in the future? Batman the Killing Joke, I look at that and be like, no, that's one and done. That is a, an Elseworlds story, essentially. That'd be like if they did Gotham by Gaslight or, um, you know, any other story out there. Um, but this, I do see this having the potential, like... Oh, there was the one Batman. It was 
it was like a shoot, an offshoot, not Batman Beyond, but it was in that same similar vein, um, where it, uh, that came out like two years ago, um, I think it was like Batman Unlimited or something like that, where that one had the potential, but I also saw that as, all right, this is them trying to do the money grab sort of deal of, hey kids, buy the toys from the movie sort of deal. Um, but this, I look at this going as almost as a return to what they used to be, the, the, the animated movies used to be where they were PG and you could have your kid watch them. Who's like five years old because they love Batman and it not be, Oh, here's Harley Quinn jumping on, um, dead shot and swearing an awful lot. Or guess what? You just saw that you just saw Damien murder a person like out of nowhere or you saw the shadow of it or and all this stuff but actually be a little bit more family friendly in, in ways that's why right. I see we, this being we've kind of forgotten that a lot of these uh, superhero characters were originally meant for kids Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a point in time where where children got to enjoy these things and uh, I know I was just talking about the Netflix Marvel shows uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Daredevil uh, certainly not for kids but as we're seeing now the the potential of Cloak and Dagger and the potential of Runaways maybe not necessarily children but certainly younger viewers uh maybe young teens or even preteens are going to be interested in that and and cartoon stuff obviously there's something innocuous about the old batman 66 series there was also a cartoon series that had adam west and burt ward uh in the 70s that i was a big fan of uh it was basically them playing the characters again the new adventures of batman mm-hmm. and it had batgirl on there although it wasn't uh, my beloved Yvonne Craig, uh, and it had Batmite. Um, and it, I'm sure in hindsight it was not a good show, but to me in 1977, six years old, watching that on Saturday mornings in my pajamas, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, this stuff does exist. It's still out there, but I imagine this is going to be more... It's going to be more tongue-in-cheek and know that it's campy, uh, which is probably perfect for what people want from mm-hmm. these these two actors in these roles. Yes. Um so the the uh the our final bit of news here is that I hate the fact that everyone does a change.org petition. Um, now I do too, and that's part of the reason why I posted this. Yes, because I think in some ways change.org it, it signifies the fall of the internet. Uh, almost everything that's wrong with the internet these days is is summed up by change.org petitions. Because most change.org petitions are, I don't like what you're doing. You need to stop it. Uh, or do it the way that we want it, and that sort of thing. And and absolutely, uh, 95% of the time, that is just the the epitome of dumb. But 
I don't have a problem with this one. And the story we're talking about here is that there is a petition on change.org that was started asking ABC to release the pilot for Marvel's Most Wanted, which was the spinoff of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. starring uh, the Bobby Morris and Lance Hunter characters. They had shot the pilot. It didn't get uh, picked up. They asked them to rework it. They shot another version of the pilot, and then it just didn't get picked up. So all this petition is asking is basically we're showing the interest. We would like to at least see the show. When the CW did the Aquaman spinoff of Smallville uh, for a, a TV series, they shot a pilot. It didn't get picked up, but they wound up releasing that pilot later on. Uh, when NBC did a Wonder Woman series pilot, again, with the same actress, with uh, Adrian Palicki, uh, playing the role, uh, it didn't get picked up, but the thing eventually leaked. It was it was not good. She was she was fine, but the person making it just fundamentally didn't understand Wonder Woman at all, and uh, made a shitty show. And this may be that as well. It may be another shitty show. I don't believe it because of the fact that Agents of Shield, uh, even on its worst day, is not a shitty program. It, it has its high points and its low points. Uh, most of its low points were its first season. But it got better. Mm-hmm. And then it got okay. Uh, but these actors, the characters that they were already kind of established, the the plans that they were doing and stuff, it seemed like there was something that, that was there. So all this is saying is, hey, you know, you have it. Just, just let us see it. And the hope also on this was if enough people show interest that maybe... ABC or Marvel will think, oh, well, there are a lot of people who want to see this pilot. Maybe we should go to series after all. I think there might be a difference, though, of everyone signing a petition, and I'm using air quotes for the audio listeners, signing a petition versus what their metrics say for demographics. Because no, ABC, absolutely. Yeah, because ABC is all about that money and all about what they can get for ads um, with with when they air the shows. So if there were if there were a million people who signed the petition to release the episode and they go, oh, well, hmm, what's who all wants to see this or who are all these people? And it's scattered all over the place or it's people who are not in the demographic that they're targeting then I still think they're going to be like, good good job here, we'll release it. Here you go. There, There's your job all done. Which is all they're asking. Yeah. All they're asking is for it to be released so that the public, who the people who are fans, can get to see it, which is a, a no-loss proposition. No, yeah. You know, unless there's some sort of legal issues and stuff like that. But putting this out uh, either directly to Netflix as like a part of the, the season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and just saying, you know, that this was an extra episode episode that you just didn't see on TV or putting it out to iTunes or whatever. No way that I could see that that's a bad thing. Now, mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. It, it may be that you know even if they got a million people to sign up for it, that it's still not enough to, for ABC or whoever to say, yeah, but we're going to produce the series and are those million people actually going to watch? We, we've seen uh, back in the day like when Veronica Mars was on the verge of cancellation, people sent in Mars bars 
as a, a write-in campaign to show, hey, we're fans of the show and we want to get your attention. And that that's a different story, is that people writing actual letters and people making an effort and sending in a candy bar uh, or or different things for different shows have had that kind of similarly. That a spoon that shows a drive that is different than oh I just put my email in to this website and you know it's not even like standing outside of the the grocery store and getting signatures for local laws to pass that you normally have to do to get something on the docket. Uh, this is just. Yeah, click here, put in your email address. If you've already signed up for change.org before, it might even remember who you are, and you just hit the button, and it's okay. It's it's such a least amount of effort thing to do. But, like I said, as far as these usually go, I don't hate this one, and I even signed it. I, I went and signed up for it myself because I would like to see the show. I did like the characters, I wasn't necessarily interested in seeing them spin off. I would like to see them return to the series, but I know that that's unlikely at this point. Uh, Adrian's already got a contract on another show, uh, which I don't know if it will work because it's a Seth MacFarlane produced live action comedy, and we know how well those do. But it's still it's see... it see... shows yeah, it it just shows that there are people who would have liked to have seen this. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe it's not enough people, and maybe ABC made the right decision. But hey, it just it's 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 putting the effort out of like, but we would like to. You know, there were some of us. What I could see happen here, and this is you know, Adrian does the Adrian Plicky does the the Seth MacFarlane live action comedy. It does it does what it does theoretically it's probably going to do bad i hate to say it but it probably is and then you go to um so she does that for a year she she can do like recurring roles or a recurring spot on on there but not where it's going to take too much time away from her other show and then this gives uh nick blood who plays lance hunter the ability to go back to the uk to make series two of Babylon for channel four, which is a show, uh, directed. The pilot was directed by Danny Boyle. Um, I believe it was created by Danny Boyle and it's so brilliant. Um, I highly recommend it. It's a police show. Unlike the regular cop drama, because it's told more through, um, the Lon- the central London dispatch sort of deal and then and uh nick blood played a armed um one of the armed police officers and all that and it was it was brilliant it was great um uh sorry i had this brainstorm of like oh this one character's on this other thing but doesn't work that way um but yeah and then he comes back and he does this with yeah i mean Certainly to, to get the characters to come back, even just for cameos, uh, to, to just show... I mean, they, they got taken off the show because of this potential spinoff, and it kind of sucked that they wrote them out uh, in such a way I as, would... well, you're, we're never going to see them on here again, and it just kind of blew up so that the opportunity that was there just disappeared and it closed the door on them returning. You know, I, 
it, it's always a crapshoot with spinoffs when they do that. But do you think it would have been easier? Sorry, uh, do you think it would have been easier if they did a backdoor pilot like they did with um, what was it, the farm on the office with Dwight's farm? I I don't know. I mean, I wasn't screaming to see a second show or, or a third show uh, spun off from from Agents of Shield. I was. I liked these characters in the context of the TV show they were already on. And I think that they were kind of more interesting than some of the characters that were still on the show. And it was splitting up a good working group uh, that wasn't strong enough to, to split yet that, that zygote hadn't fully formed. Mm -hmm. So it, it was, to me, it was a mistake from the beginning, but that said, it was a mistake that now we've lost people who were quality characters and quality actors in the series. Why can't we get them back? Uh, why did we completely slam that door when now we realize in hindsight, it was the wrong move. Can't we make this work so that they come back to the show that they were part of a, a success for? And I just, I have some frustrations with that, but at the same time, you know, maybe that's maybe that is something that they'll do anyways. Yeah. But this is just to show interest that hey, we we like the characters. So if you've got extra material with them, we'd like to see it. It's like it's, it's like there being a 10th Harry Potter book that just never saw the light of day. It's like, "Oh, I've got this extra Harry Potter story, but it was supposed to spin off uh Neville's character." I, I just decided not to go in that direction, so it's just it's gonna sit in a drawer forever. Well, fuck! Give us the fucking Neville story, god damn it! Why wouldn't you <laughs> let us at least have that? Um, it may not be everybody's favorite. It may have been something that really, in the long run, wasn't the greatest thing to to try to do. But it's there. We know it exists. We would like to have it, please, uh, and we get to make our own decision on that. So creatively. Yeah, it's it's up to ABC if they want to. It may have been just a fucking embarrassment, and they're just like, "Oh shit, what a stupid fucking mess this is." Uh, no, we're just gonna we're gonna pass on it, and then it yeah. So it may be that in that case, it's like, "Oh well, no, we really don't want you guys to see this. Uh, it's it's bad, and it would ruin not only our reputations but the reputations of the actors and everybody involved in it." But if it's not that. Uh, release it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's it for the news. Now we are gonna nerd out, and I'm I'm gonna go first because we're on a roll here with our theme, and I'm gonna continue it with a comic book, a graphic novel, an, an original graphic novel. Um, this is called Dark Knight: A True Batman Story. Now, if you're gonna be looking for it, it's night as in not day, but night. Um, and this is from Vertigo Comics, uh, the imprint of DC, and this is written by Paul Dini with the illustrations by Eduardo Rizzo, and that is the cover for the video, uh, video watchers, and oh my gosh, I love this book. I read it in, I read it in one night, like just sit down, and I couldn't stop it. There was like I fell asleep. Because it was at night, and I'm like, okay, I'm tired. I woke up, and I'm like, nope, finish the book. Finish the book, you fucker. Sort of deal. Um, 
and it's 128 pages, so yeah. reading it in one night, it's not like you're reading The Monster at the end of this book starring Grover, the Sesame Street children's book, and it's 10 pages, and you're like, no, 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 I... I can finish this. Yeah. It's, it's like, no, this, this took some effort. Yeah. It's, um, but it's told in this really interesting way because you see, so here, this is the third page or second page into the story right here. And so you see that was the first page of him explaining, um, because Paul Dini, for those of you guys who don't know, I should probably say this, um, while working on Batman, the animated series, and just before they won, or he won the uh, the uh, Academy Award for writing, or the Emmy, I think, for writing for Tiny Toon Adventures, he was mugged by two guys just outside of his home, or like you know, like like right there in his neighborhood, sort of deal. And it was a traumatic, yeah. And they did talk about it on the Nerdist. Um, this is where I heard about it at first. Was on his episode of the Nerdist podcast, and. Um, so he got jumped, his, his eye socket got shattered. Um, he had internal, uh, damages, um, from his, and his ribs and all that. It was, I'm going, oh my gosh. Yeah. I would probably end up doing the same thing if I was in his shoes. Um, so he goes through basically starting at his early, as an early child, and how he was an outsider. He saw himself as invisible. Um, he would go throughout school and they'd think, oh, well, we'll put the invisible kids next to each other. And he didn't like that. He was just like, no, we have nothing in common. So I'm not really going to talk to him or whatever. But he always... Um, the And uh, Brandon Raymond's also pointed out that the they uh kevin smith had him on the uh fat man on batman uh and it was a hard list yeah it's a hard this whole subject of him getting mugged is hard he on the nerdist episode he broke down crying um in there and i'm like good lord chris hardwick you're having him talk about this stuff why are you beating him up more joking that was more of a joke but um but this i felt was very therapeutic for him and it shows because he has conversations with the characters he has a conversation with Batman in here after this happens. And that's the cool part is you see the characters um, that he's created, that he's wrote for, that he breathed new life into um, as he's doing all this. There, um, There's a picture in, in here, an image that, that related to me so well. And this was him. It's right here. It's him going into his, going into his room and there's, everyone that he's a fan of so like there's the jungle book and there's um alice in wonderland and there's superman and there's james bond and just all these different um you know the different things that he enjoyed as a kid that that's where he truly felt at home and that's also when he started drawing and all that and it got to the point where he was you know he was imagining that um that the uh, that uh, Beanie and Cecil, that the sea serpent from there was in his math class and all that. And just all these things. And then he found Batman. And so that's how this is going. Like he found, he found the 66 Batman and fell in love with it, with, with Batman as well. And you fast forward to him 
working there and they're working on Massacre of the Phantasm at the time. And it, it's hard for me to explain it because it's one of those just pick up the book and read it because it's done so well, in, in my opinion, of him. And you, you, you see him work through, um, work through his issues that he had when he, you know, as he was, you know, after he got mugged and, you know, tar- talking with, um, I'm blanking on Arlene, uh, I'm blanking on her last name, Sorkin? Arlene Sorkin, who played Harley yeah. Quinn? Yeah. Yeah, talking with her, and she wanting her boyfriend, husband, I can't think of who it was at the time, to take him to the hospital. He's like, no, I don't want to do that, because he'll be... Like, he didn't go to the hospital for, like, I think a day. And I'm like, are you serious? If my face... If I had, like, shattered, I would be crying on the floor going, all right, let's go to the hospital. Not, let's take some some pain pills and then take a hot bath because that's exactly what you're supposed to do after having internal bleeding and a broken face. Uh, Arlene Sorkin's husband, by the way, is Christopher Lloyd, uh, who is one of the creators of Modern Family and has done a lot of TV stuff over time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it was... Cheers. Yeah, it was, it was Christopher Lloyd that... She mentioned she, she called him Chris, and that's yeah. why I couldn't think of like. But no, yeah, and it's the book is brilliant. Um, the art is great. The art is done in all these different styles, and it's one artist. Um, like it starts with the the art style of the you know as he's a kid and all that, and then it goes to the um to the more the more like how everything else is told another cool thing is i believe they got stills from batman in there whenever it's like it's on the computer or it's on the tv or whatever and it's what they're working on which i'm like that's cool that's freaking awesome i love it when comic books do that you know like here's a live or even video games like playing life is strange and if you turn up the quality on it not play it on low because your computer sucks and can't really play graphics that well um not complaining or anything because it runs <laughs> um it's like they did they recorded live stuff for the video game like the a live news thing that plays over and over on a loop and all that which is cool to see They're like this mixed media sort of deal and so yeah that was freaking awesome i highly recommend it we have we will have the amazon link to it um, to where you can go pick it up yourself, either I believe either on Kindle, with, so like on Comixology, or buy the paperback. I recommend the paperback. Um, it's got a lot of great like clip notes. Mark Hamill does one. So Corey, you, you did one for the book apparently. Um, sorry, beat beat mentioned it, so I'm like I'm gonna do it as well. <laughs> um, the other thing that I wanted to mention is uh, similar. Uh, from a couple years ago, Dean Tripp, who's a comic artist that I really like, uh, does a lot of really great redesigns and stuff over at uh, Project Rooftop. Yeah. But he did a story. Uh, it's an 18-page digital comic called Something Terrible. Uh, you can get it online for 99 cents. And uh, it was about his childhood trauma where he was uh, basically sexually abused by someone that he knew and he relates it to how he used comics and especially Batman comics and stuff to kind of escape uh, 
from the uh, the the horror of that was kind of beating down on him and about his life. So it, it's interesting to see the kind of parallels and how a lot of us use uh, these comic stories, especially stories about heroes and heroism, mm-hmm. to escape from the things that are you know wrong in our lives. And some things are obviously more major than others. But I think this is probably part of why I am so passionate about the way that superheroes, uh, particularly some of the DC heroes, are portrayed in films and in the comics today and stuff because I feel like there's an inherent importance to characters who do things that are right, uh, even when it's hard, even when it's difficult or it seems impossible it's them fighting those odds to achieve the right thing in in batman's case it's justice in superman's case it's it's truth uh it these characters i think uh mean something to us as children and they teach us things that help us get through the harder times and help us become better people as we grow up and i've I think that it's amazing when you see people like like Paul Dini and Dean Tripp who were able to tell these stories and and show the world how they got through some really horrific moments uh, because of these characters. And uh, yeah, I think that's a really good recommendation. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, exactly. And it's... It's really good. I was trying to explain explain it to my friend, but uh, who who just recently moved, or is on his way moving back to California. But he's taking the scenic route of going, uh, what Kentucky, Texas, Colorado. Then, um, he's like he's in Southern California, like like I think an hour outside of L.A. sort of deal, and. I was explaining to him this book, and I'm like, dude, if you lo- if you like Batman at- in the least bit, if you grew up watching uh, Batman the Animated Series, check this book out. It is so good. And he's like, well, what's the plot of it? And I'm telling him this stuff. He's like, that's not the plot. Or, or what's the story? And, I'm like, and I'm like, dude, it's an autobiographical thing. It's not like there's a plot or a story to it. It's Paul Dini's life. And it's, it's hard for me to explain because to explain a lot of it would be to spoil stuff, but spoil stuff not in the oh the titanic sinks at the end it's more of it's going to spoil the this joy for you in in going through this guy's life experience and seeing how he came out on the other side a better person for it yeah and all that which is just really cool so Corey, you're you're nerding out about something. Um, I think probably our most expensive nerding out we've ever had. Yeah, um, I, I don't want to go too much into this. It's just sometimes you just geek out over things, and uh, you you can't help but maybe <laughs> a little bit of Corey it got to the Tesla Model X. That's right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I'm not quite that expensive. Uh, that would be great. Uh, but I I work IT. And when I started at my company a little over two years ago, they supplied me with a cell phone uh, and a laptop. And at the time, we were only allowed to choose between Samsung phones and Motorola phones. 
and uh, it's on Verizon, which I'm not a big fan of Verizon, and I couldn't necessarily even say that I was a, a fan of Samsung either. Yeah. At that point in time, I, I was kind of a HTC guy, and and still really like HTC stuff, but you go with what you're limited to. I wanted the big phone. At that point in time, they were halfway through the lifespan of the Note 3, which is what I got. And it's been a very solid phone. You know, I've used it continuously since then. But it was getting old. It was suffering a little bit. It obviously hadn't been updated to the latest version of Android. And it was having a harder and harder time after the last update. So I I just kind of casually dropped a note to my boss. I'm like, hey, I saw this announcement today from Samsung about their new phone. I don't know if I'm up for one as a replacement yet, but if you happen to feel like it, <laughs> I would be I would be grateful to get the new Note 7, preferably in blue. And that's what I got. I got the new hotness and it is uh it's pretty sweet. Uh there there's a lot of things that I've missed in the last couple of generations of phones. Uh this is my first phone with a fingerprint reader and I use LastPass for all of my passwords, and having to open up the app and type in my LastPass password, uh, because I want security, uh, all the time is a little bit of a pain in the ass, uh, LastPass ass. This, the ability to just instead run my thumb across the, the power button, or not the power button, but the home button, and log in for it uh, is just... Like, that in and of itself cuts into so much time that I spend on my phone uh, typing things. I've, I've set it up with the, the basics that I, I did a transfer of all my stuff over from the other phone. It comes with a cable adapter to hook up your old phone to it, and it transfers all over. It's a good four hours of setting up a new phone to get it to where you kind of want it to be. Uh, but it when it does it, it's it's all really nice. Then you kind of have to open up all your apps again and log in. And again, this is where I'm thankful for the fingerprint reader and my LastPass account. It's smooth. I mean, I read an article uh, over the last couple of days. I think Patrick Norton posted it uh, where they're talking about how Samsung phones kind of aren't really that fast. Uh, and there's something that Samsung does that either holds it back and it's in the either software. It doesn't seem to be the hardware and they say that they should run smoother. I'm obviously coming from a three-year-old phone to this. I can't see any slowdown on it personally, but yeah. maybe my expectations aren't that high uh, realistically. The USB-C means I had to get all new, <coughs> excuse me, uh, all new charging cables, new car charger. Uh, I have a case still on order, but. Holding it in my hand, it's it's amazing because it looks so much smaller than even my uh, my coworker has a Note 4. Uh, it looks tiny compared to it because it's just so svelte. It's got the edge screen, uh, like the Samsung S7 Edge, so the things kind of go over the side. I turn the edge off because my hands kind of are a little clumsy on that sort of thing. But battery lasts a long time. Everything about it is so far really amazing, and uh, you know, like I said, you'll you'll see better people doing hardware reviews. I just wanted to mention it because it is the thing that I'm most nerding out about this week. 
Yes. Well, see, see now you're going to get me in here because if you want to go what I'm really nerding out about, it's Civilization Five that a friend gave me that I've been playing like a freaking RTS. Uh, well, not RTS. Uh, like freaking Civilization Madman. Um. But yeah, so but I decided not to talk about that because there's not much like oh we got this video game played it it's fun. I haven't made it par- past the uh, which I think I'm in now I'm in Renaissance right now. But I think I've made it to uh, um almost to industrial if I remember correctly. But yeah, <laughs> or Shameless like I've been going through Shameless on Netflix. But that, anyways, whatever. But no, this is cool. The the phone. This is one of those like. Looking at this right now and seeing that it is uh, $979, but with free shipping on <laughs> Amazon, um, it's it, it is, it's pretty cool. It's one of those, I would do that if I had a job that would, if I had a job one, but if I had a job that was, uh, that I could save up enough money and go, okay, I'm getting an unlock, unlocked phone because I think that would probably be what I would do for all my stuff is do unlock is go unlock not no su- subsidy bullcrap thing yeah i mean i i've got to be honest verizon is i i have emotional issues with verizon because i think they're shitty bastards uh i have not fantastic now this one the signal seems to be working a lot better and that may be either the phone maybe because i don't have a giant uh covering case over it uh, i was using the otterbox before on the note 3 uh, or it may just be that it's it's a better signal through this this phone. I'm not sure, but my Verizon signal is not always great in my office. It often doesn't work at all. Uh, it seems to be improved on this one. Also, this thing opens beautifully when I open up uh, Pokemon Go. Uh, it, it's like not even a hesitation. But I would certainly prefer to use a different carrier. Uh, T-Mobile's apparently really good in this area and while I'm a little put off by their new unlimited plan and how they seem to be dropping their other plans Mm -hmm. uh, so lower cost plans are going to apparently go away in a month I I find that a little disturbing and I also think the EFF is right to go after them because of the the blatant disregard of, of certain rules that have got passed as far as net neutrality that said if it was me buying a phone and me choosing the service, I would most likely want to go with the Nexus phone and use uh, Google Fi. At the same time, one of the things that is a big holdback for me on Nexus phones, and they don't seem to uh, be leaning against it anytime soon, is they don't have expandable storage. Now, they do have 128 gigabyte phones, which would probably be okay, uh, this is a 64 gig phone. Uh, their standard version starts at 64 gigs, and then I have a 64 gig card in here, but it can take a 256 gig. Yeah. I still, because there are times when I need stuff to be on the phone, like if I'm on a plane, I have to have stuff stored on there to be able to listen to or watch uh, when I'm out of range for the carrier and I can't be on Wi-Fi. And to me, storage is still important. I don't really get the concept of saying, oh, well, you can stream everything. No, you really can't. Not all the time. So that would be a holdout for me. That is one advantage of this that I would probably say uh, would call out to me over the Nexus. Uh, The other thing is that the camera is really good, and I'm not much of a photographer, 
But when I just took a picture of my cat the other day, uh, it looked markably different from what I was getting before and compared to a lot of other photos I see from other things. And it just, they made a good product. Yeah. They really did. And I know that another great product is right around the corner from Apple. And I know that Samsung will beat this out next year with their next uh, S-series Galaxy phones. They'll always get better. And that next time you see the the new the newer hotness, you'll be like, God damn it, why did I jump the gun and get this? Yeah. Uh, but to get to get the new phone like the week of it coming out, like I got it last Thursday, and I don't think it was officially released until Friday. So to just have it in my hands and and know that my boss actually loves me, uh, <laughs> it was like, oh great, this is beautiful. Uh, I felt really cool for a minute there. And then I realized that I'm not because I'm geeking out over a phone which I won't even ever use to call people. Yeah. It's but no, it's it's brilliant. It's freaking brilliant. This is a phone that I will be looking at, checking out and keeping my eye on. Um like right now it's either this or the next bit robin in my opinion for for me personally. And and a lot of these phones that are less expensive uh, and that are unlocked right away, I mean, those are good phones. I, I don't want to say that this is necessarily, like, the most stellar phone or the only choice out there. Uh, the Honor that just came out looks really good as well. It, like I said, there are, there are people who know this stuff better than I do. Uh, Flo from All About Android is someone whose opinion matters a lot to me, although she was really enamored with this phone too. Uh, Marquez Bradley is is another one. The people at Android Central are all great authorities on this stuff. There is such a wealth of great choices out there right now, and certainly not being beholden to a carrier is a great thing to do for yourself. Uh, if you can pick a less expensive company that's on their same service, like a Metro PCS or whatever, I would have no problem doing that myself, and there's things that I look at at my wife on Sprint going, maybe the next step we take is is pulling her to something else. Yeah. Uh, because that's a phone that we actually have to pay for. Yeah, maybe the... Uh, I, I feel like I'm just stirring yeah. shit up here, but Brandon in our chat room says the, X, the S6, or yeah, the the 6s forever if i can escape a cory app apple rant i don't know why but I, i'm feeling like you're getting a bad reputation as having uh, being the person who rants it's almost like someone asked me to do that more um <laughs> cough and, cough and dave nelson cough cough <laughs> i will i will say i personally would never choose the ios system yeah. because it's too locked down for me that said, I look at iOS and I think it's a perfectly viable phone system. I think it's great for a lot of people. Uh, people I know who use it love it, and I don't have any problem with it other than the fact that it's so locked down. And um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a person who likes to customize things, and I'm a person who likes to get the inner workings. And if this wasn't a work phone, I would unlock it. I would, I would do the things. I would probably custom ROM it, too. I've done that on other phones. And it's dangerous, and it's not always the wisest move to make, but as a tech head, that's what I would do. And I've seen people uh, hack their iPhones and stuff, too. 
And I was a little bit more wary of that because I know that Apple is just going to put out a patch that's going to relock it again, or maybe you brick your phone and good luck with that. Or maybe almost brick your first tablet that you got from a friend because they were super nice to give you their tablet after doing a podcast and they realized, oh yeah, it just sort of sits at my nightstand, so I'm going to ship it across the country, and then a week later... they t- uh, the person they gave it to says, yeah, so I tried to install Android on it. Not, sp- <laughs> not speaking from experience or anything. Yeah, um, I mean, that's the thing. We all we all kind of want to mess around with this stuff. I mean, I've, I've as a kid, that's, I would open up electronics all the time. I rebuilt a non-working uh, three and a half inch floppy drive. Uh, no, sorry, five and a quarter inch floppy drive out of two non-working ones. Uh, to make one work out of my Commodore 64 system because that's that's what I needed to do, and uh, yeah, it, you you take things apart, you eat computer pieces, it's it's fine. Uh, I will not criticize iPhone users, is what I'm going to say. That that's yeah. it. You're an iPhone no, user, it's... and and that's fine. I'm not I'm not the war of that uh, unless you're on BlackBerry, in which case go fuck yourself. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, th- this is how I've I- I've honestly looked at this because I-, I look at this through many aspects. I look at this through myself and my own nerding outness. I look at this through teaching my grandma, and when she says, "Oh well, your aunt can do this or that," and I go, "She's on iOS. Why don't we spend seven hundred dollars and get you the the low to mid range?" iPhone, so she can teach you all the stuff here, Grandma. <laughs> so her deal, and it's like it's different on every phone. She's like, "Oh, sorry." I'm like, "It's frustrating." I'm more yelling because I'm frustrated at this because it's like I should know this, but I don't play with many phones that often. Um, answer could have changed if I got a job at Target, but haven't heard back from them yet. Sorry, but I digress. <laughs> um. So our big discussion topic, this is actually something we used to talk about on the old show um, for like when we were stuck in this rotation of let's just talk about all the same shit every week. And and that is Big Brother. So and we miss talking about the same shit every week. So now you get to listen to us talk about this shit. Well, I want to hear how what you think of this season of Big Brother. And then also the is it official are they gonna do 19 right after 18 um uh i've heard that they're gonna do it and that it might go onto the all access yeah all access right um which yeah we we talked before about all access and the fact that that's where the new star trek series is gonna go after the pilot airs and i'm like well that's one thing but what else are they going to put on this to make it enticing to people who maybe just go, well, I skipped this Star Trek series then, if that's all that's there. Uh, so this is number two? Number two, but it'll, it would be out first if this is the case. And right. So I, I have, I'm going to save direction. I'll do that right now. Um, if they do decide to do season 16, like right after 18, like, I mean, right after, like, Good night, house, or good night from the, or we just celebrated, you know, whoever is when, to welcome the new house guests. The next, yeah, day. the the bed still smells like Paul's balls. Yeah, but go ahead, yeah, go in there. Um, I mean, it's 
that to me seems like it would almost take away from uh this the fact that uh, of the live feeds you might as well almost just do like a peep show real life cam voyeuristic thing of people doing it and occasionally they do they do a game or whatever you know they have all these different competitions sort of deal yeah i mean i've tried the live feeds uh, a couple seasons ago and obviously you have to pay for it it's an extra thing it's just most of it's not really compelling and it's not controllable enough that if you are interested in following a certain house guests around the house you can't really do that it's still a choice of between four cameras and you don't really get to say well this is boring as shit uh, I want to go over and listen to these people talking over here um, I, I just I can't say that it necessarily affected my my interest in the show one way or the other this season has been tough. I mean, it. I, I guess maybe it started out really tough because the amount of people in there trying to whittle down to ones who were interesting or to get interesting things to start happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought, for the most part, that we were going to wind up abandoning the show. And I've been more relentless about playing the episodes, but it's still just kind of filler noise. It's like, well, we can watch the, the last couple episodes of Big Brother and catch up. And Aaron... Uh, who's who's been a Big Brother fan with me, uh, some seasons more than I am, uh, has started to pay more attention. But you you also some people are just irritating, and and there's the other part of like you can see the manipulations of of people, which obviously you're outside of it, you get to see it a little bit more. You just go, why are they giving this person all the power? Why are they accepting these things? And why are they just so weak sauce? And somebody should like start some shit at this point yeah. uh, which is finally starting to happen uh, we're starting to see some actual pushback on the people who've been running the show since essentially the beginning and that's good on the other hand there's there's things that I just don't understand so we went through the first five people got evicted and then got to fight their way back to one of them coming back in the house then a person got evicted who didn't even get to make it a jury is gone but then the next five people who have gone to jury are now going to get the opportunity for one of them to fight their way back into the house so that's two times people have left get to come back uh, but in the middle there there was just one person who was like oh no I'm sorry I'm fucked I look at that I look at that part <laughs> with the first five as being a way for the first person who was Glenn just happened to be Glenn not our Glenn but the uh, detective from New York, him doing or him him having a chance of coming back and actually being on the show. Not Glenn, just... the perfect outsider. Like you yeah. look at everybody from the very first episode when they showed them all, and you're seeing all these people. Glenn was the standout of like, really, you know, that's mm-hmm. the guy that they they put in with all of these other. I mean, because he was the older guy. Now it used to be the Big Brother would have people like that, would have more of a mix. And it's certainly become the uh, shirtless dudes, girls in bathing suits, more and more the last several seasons. It's like, well, this is what people want to watch. We're going to try to real world this shit up. Uh, so they they did at least try to put 
a Glenn in there. Yeah. But first moment gone, and there was no way that he was going to win that that comeback. You know, and he was eliminated immediately, anyways. Yes, by Jose, who I did not like at all. Um, you mean the Messiah? <laughs> I mean the person I wanted to punch through the TV and punch him in the face, just because it's like he seemed super fake to me. Like, I just no super. I think he was super real. He's just really into himself. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's funny to see Davon be the one who's just like watching him because that's how Davon acted in her season previously and, and couldn't shut up and then kind of started to, to go that way in this one. So the other thing is that now big brother can't just be content to give you a big brother season. They have to bring back, uh, past contestants. The other thing that the big brother keeps doing, which is just like, can we fucking drop it already? is showing us uh, Brendan and Rachel. Uh, yeah. Stop. Uh, yeah. Don't need it. Maybe maybe, maybe cut that fucking cord already. Uh, we are done. We were done when they were there the first time. We certainly didn't need them to come back. Uh, but you, sure, she won. That's great. Now stop it. I'd rather see uh, Kayser and Janelle and Howie from way early on. Um and, and fucking Mr. Pectacular, another one. He, at least he was entertaining, and at least he was actually involved in the fucking game somehow by coming out there and, and giving them the challenges. Brendan yeah. Rachel is just like, let's check into their lives. Why? We don't want to see that. Yeah, it's... There is only one Rachel Riley that I enjoy, and that is the British uh, math uh, mathematician presenter who is on Countdown because she is so much she's like head over heels better than this rachel riley and it's it's sort of goes to the um the america versus britain like what what people think of when they think of british people really smart funny she she gets knocked on because she was on their version of dancing with the stars and she didn't do good on that versus our rachel riley who's just loud and obnoxious and oh my gosh, like that sort of deal. It's like, yeah, sadly, that's what people think of us. But yeah. I'm right there with you with uh, right, with uh, this racial, the, the brunchal bullshit. Um, it's like, whatever, get done. The Mr. Pectacular, uh, was it Jesse Goddard's or whatever yeah. his name is? Um, crappy He's professional. He's actually gotten... He's gotten more entertaining. Yes. Uh, he's certainly, he plays the character better all the time of the so full of himself, I'm so beautiful, everybody look at me. Uh, but he was a little bit more fun this season than even the last couple of times. No, he's yeah. Shown up. And it's, I think it's because he's learned from actually being a professional wrestler and being on, on uh, wrestling companies that are on TV that may have been good, but now sort of suck. I'm not talking about anyone in particular. Um, but they, they just started smashing pumpkins is your hint there. Um, the it's, it's one of those that like that. I think he started to develop a way to be more than just big buff guy and actually have a personality or at least show off a personality. 
sort of deal. So that's that was cool to see. It was cool to see him that way, and not just oh look, I'm big and buff. Girls love me because I'm all big and buff, but I can't talk right, sort of deal. Um, but no. So I've I for the most part have liked the house guests in here. Um, but it, and it was, I think this is weird. This is the first time that I've been for part of the season. I've been on the power team's side. Cause I found it usually in the past. I was always with the underdogs and then it's like, they would get to power and I'd be like, eh, I don't like them anymore. So it's like, I was always with the underdogs and this year it's like, I was with Paul and Polly, uh, mainly Paul. Uh, not so much Polly. Um, oh, I couldn't stand Paul at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I, I couldn't either at first. Like right. it was like, who's this loud guy? Like always loud, and I'm like, oh, this dude's awesome, sort of deal. And but and then you have you know the returners, which Davon. I'm like, eh, whatever. All right, cool, whatever. She's here, but it was like James, Frank, and uh, Nicole. Nicole. Who I'm like, all right. Well, I was blinking because like Michelle. No, that's not Michelle. Michelle's the new one who's from Michigan. Um, <laughs> sort of deal. And just I don't know. It, it's weird. Like I'm sorry. I got a hair on my note, my tongue. Um, I, I don't know. I've I've I like them, but then it's like Devon, especially after, especially after uh, Jose left. You you start to realize she's playing her her game like she did last year. Or the last time she was on, yeah, and she even she even called herself on it. She realized that she's like, I told myself not to shoot my mouth off like I did the last time, and then I shot my mouth off like I did last time. Which, but to be fair, she did because she was on with the twin twist, right? And she didn't, or she shot her mouth off with the twin twist. She found out that. Uh, Tiffany is Vanessa's sister, and she didn't shoot her mouth. As far as I know, she didn't shoot her mouth off with off with that. Nope she she held it in that time. Yeah, but it's like afterwards, it's just like oh, I could keep a secret about a player being, you know, having something shady. But other than that, it's like I'm just gonna do all sorts of things. The thing is, is that there's there's that, and we talk about this. I think every time we talk about the show, there is a. Uh... Certain people crack in the Big Brother house. Uh, the the way that they react and the way they act in the house is not necessarily how they are outside of the house. Uh, first of all, this is a, a season that's just chock full of showmances. Uh, whether it be Nicole and now Corey, which Nicole's showmanced in her previous seasons. James finally got a showmance, which is great. Go, James. And uh, actually, Natalie and James together seems to work, and she seems genuinely into him, which is what we all would like to see. James deserves yeah. love. The the Natalie uh, and James showmance is... <clears throat> it, it would be like if, if they did how like they're doing Brenchel after all this stuff, I'd be like, okay, fine, this is cool, because it, it's to me would be... It's more like uh, uh, Jeff and Jordan. Right. Sort of deal. It's one of those ones where you see it, you're encouraged by it, and and it comes from a, a pure place. And I don't have a problem with Nicole and Corey. Uh, they genuinely seem into each other. And at the same time, I don't see it affecting how they they play so much. There's certainly 
allies, but I don't see it like, oh, well, I, I'd never turn on this person. They, they still would like, yeah, you know, at the end of the game, it, I'm the one who wants to win, and I hope they understand that. Uh, Polly and Zakia was was like you could see Polly kind of breaking down because he saw that he was dominating the game yeah. and it went to his head and he started reacting poorly. I don't think Polly is a bad guy and you could see how he he started to like fall apart a little bit when he realized that he was losing it and you could also see that he genuinely realized that he fucked up in some of the things that he said and the way he treated some people. I, I think he's still, you know, he's a he's a Jersey guy and he's a, probably a club guy. He's and the DJ. way that, yeah, and the way that he talked about Jersey girls and stuff was probably something that is in his vocabulary uh, from that kind of viewpoint of, of where he's from. So that's not great. And the way that he treated Natalie was bad. But I don't think that the way that he came across was really who he was. I think it was the way that the game kind of made him be. Just like the the paranoia that Devon had uh, developing, like every time she turned around, she'd have a problem with somebody. Uh, Nicole's the same way, like, I don't really trust you. It, it's it's too bad, but that is that is the secret of Big Brother. That's what makes a good TV, mm-hmm. is you can't just go in there and relax. You can't just go in there and think, well, it's all going to be okay, or it's just a game. When you're in it, you're thinking about $500,000, uh, or at least $50,000. You're thinking about trying to win this thing. You're thinking that people are going around the corner and talking about you, because they are. And it's not like they go home and they talk about you, and you just kind of have to settle, well, you know, it's somewhere else. I can't really know what they're doing. You know what people are doing. They're 10 feet away. There's no way to go away from it. So you can't even get your head cleared up, uh, and you have no privacy to, like, go and, and sit with your own thoughts for the most part. It's like you're stuck. So this this Stockholm kind of syndrome of, like, who are my friends, who are not my friends, what do I do, who do I hate, who do I trust, all that stuff is just constantly bombarding you. So even when you have a showmance or even when you have, like, a weird kind of bizarre copycat single white female thing like Polly with Paul uh, for a while there. Um, <laughs> how far can you really trust it? And how far can you go in the game relying on somebody else? And do you rely on them only so far and then switch your alliances back and forth? Do you play both sides? Do you play no sides and just kind of like hang there in the middle? If you're Michelle and you've got nobody teamed up with you in a room full of couples, essentially... Even now, it's it's Nicole and Corey, it's James and Natalie, it's Polly and Victor, and then there's just poor Michelle by herself. Like, how do you make all of that kind of work without losing it? Yeah. And I think Michelle has probably been the most honest one this season just because she emotionally can't hold it together. <laughs> yeah. So she just breaks down and cries anytime anything goes wrong. Um or even not wrong. Sometimes she breaks down because she didn't do anything wrong or nobody did anything to her, and she just feels bad because she feels bad. Um, Paul, you're the next one eliminated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's gotten to the point where it's really good, it, it, but it's still frustrating that Big Brother does the weird things. Like, they, 
the round trip ticket thing didn't work, so of course they have to bring somebody back because they had planned for an extra week if somebody had gone out the door and turned around and come right back. But it's still like, but do we really need to see someone come back at this point? They've they've gone out, it's... they've gotten time in the jury house to discuss things outside of it, and now they're going to come in refreshed and get to dominate, just like Victor got to come in and dominate once he had been eliminated in the first place. I don't. Th- I, I see. I think with the jur the jury coming back, the jury house member coming back, I think it's going to be like it's done almost every other time. It's um, it's the it's going to be um, it, it's it's going to be like they're in for a week or two and then they're gone. Well, but that didn't happen with Victor. And that but should have been. Victor, as soon as Victor walked back in. Victor was. Yeah, he. But the, the difference is, is Victor was isn't in there with the, the every time they've done it with the jury. Every right. time they've done it with the jury, I think since they started it, it's like oh they're out the next week. But I think that if Polly, for instance, is the one who comes back in, which depending on what the competition is, is very likely. Polly is someone who physically dominates in competitions. And so it would be very likely that Polly would be the person who's up there as a editor and people are going to want to align with him again because he is a strong player. People gravitate towards the strong players and they only get them out when opportunity arises, but for the most part they won't talk against them and they won't work against them until that moment's there. It's like, oh, I somehow fucking fumbled into being head of household this week I'm going to get rid of the strong players right now because it's the only chance I'm ever going to have to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when you get a polychoria. But for the most part, the rest of the time, it's like, I'm going to let the strong players do what they're going to do as long as they're not after me. Uh, and if they are after me, what the fuck can I do about it? I'm a nobody. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, I'm going to be on their side until I don't have to be. And so the only people who speak out are people who are just like so desperate all the time, like Michelle. Michelle's like, yeah, you guys are fucked. You know, you're giving the game to Polly. You're all stupid, and I'm going to I'm gonna talk some shit. But that's because she thought she was going out the fucking door. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, exactly. Um, so here's here's my, my prediction. If they do it, I think they did it the past couple weeks where the it was like an endurance comp um, with – all the jury members and the house guests who were still in and whoever lasted the longest was brought back into the house um, out of there. And if they lasted longer than all the other people, then they were the new hot household. I think knowing that, and if all of these people are claiming to be super fans, they should know, they should see this coming and they should be talking about, okay, what are we, what are we going to do if they do the jury <clears throat> come back thing and how you know how is this going to work how is this going to play out um and And that's another problem i have with big brother right there is that the super fans one should know this but that we do know it Mm -hmm. is that big brother likes to say expect the unexpected but so little of it is unexpected right yeah it's gotten so repetitive it's Okay, so here's the episode where we're going to see Mr. Spectacular, and here's the episode where we're going to have Zingbot, and here's the way that this comp's going to go. And it's been done so much uh, that they really need to break the monotony. It, it's not as bad as like a uh, Master Chef or a Hell's Kitchen 
where if you've watched it for three seasons in a row, you know exactly what the next fucking three seasons are going to be. Uh, but it's pretty close. No, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so I mean, even when they did the twin twist a couple seasons ago, they had done a twin twist before. But I think it was it was I think it was Frank's season, wasn't it? Wasn't it season fourteen that they did the twin twist before? Or was that eleven? It might have been. It, I th- it was like I, eleven I or fourteen. Um, but it, it was like that's why Davon was so on. It's like I think these bitches are twins because they've done it before. Yeah. I think what's going to be what what they should do is next season now hopefully it's next season like next summer they do a All-Stars edition. They do another All-Stars round. Um because I, I think they I don't even really care about an All-Stars because I feel like they keep bringing people back. We don't need an All-Stars. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, we're going to bring some back as coaches and this time we're just going to bring them back and shove them into the general populace." And also we'll We'll put in a couple siblings because why the fuck not? Because we needed that fucking Vanessa or whatever her name was from last season. We needed to have another one of her. Yeah. It's just, no, fuck you. We do not need <laughs> any of that again. Yeah. All right. So we're we're gonna end this. We're gonna wrap this up with a with one question. Who do you think is gonna win it all, or do you even care? Uh, I care in as much as you know. I'm still watching. Um, do I have a favorite? Well, my favorite would, would be, uh, a James, certainly, uh, he's, he's my preferred, but at this point in time, it all kind of hinges on who comes back into the house, because if it's Polly, I think Polly can dominate. I think it comes down between, uh, Polly and Victor, and I think the only reason why Polly would have the edge is because Corey is hardcore on Polly's side. And Paul is not nearly as good a competitor um, to help Victor as Corey is to Polly. Yeah. Uh, I think Victor and Polly are both good candidates because they're physically capable and they're mentally capable, which is not something I would have guessed about Victor at the beginning, but he is smart. He is whip smart. He can do both kinds of competitions. Polly can too. Um so I think it's going to come down to who is the person who supports them. And because Corey would support Polly and Nicole would support Corey, uh, that's three against two. And the only way that they can fight that off is if uh, Natalie and James team up with Paul and Victor. But they're already trying to get them out. Yeah. So I don't think that... Um, I, I think if, if Paul... Polly comes back in, I think it's his game. No, yeah, it's <laughs> sorry. I'm reading Beatmaster's comment of "Too bad there's no Gregor on on Big Brother." Both you can talk in the third person, and it would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I really like Paul's talk show. By the way, that is exactly <laughs> yeah. what I would do. Oh, that was probably uh, no. the best moment of the show. No, are you kidding me? I would I would sit there and, and I would have it timed out weekly and be like, "Hello and welcome to the All Nerd Show." Right here, right. <laughs> at 10 p.m. every time. Corey, what are you doing? Uh, I would just yeah, you would you would have a handkerchief. You would have a handkerchief. Hopefully, not a spankerchief. Uh, <laughs> that you would just call Corey and talk to. So, Corey, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, great! I'm predominantly white and sticky. <laughs> but 
no, um, so I think honestly, I I'm leaning towards, I'm leaning towards Paul to win it all. I I want James. I think James has a strong chance. Um, but I think at the very least, one of them is going to get the fans' choice. For you know, yeah, like, it's weird to me that Paul would get the fans' choice because he started out so awful, and even now he's not a great player, but he's just so fucking entertaining. Yeah, uh, his whole friendship motif has worked out really in his favor. Um, and then that he absorbed Polly to such an extent that Polly tried to look like him for a couple weeks was fucking insane. Yeah. Um like if you were going to see one of them try to look like the other, I thought I thought the the, the stronger the two would have been Polly. Uh no, but Polly's Polly misses his brother. You know, mm-hmm. Polly's a family guy. Polly has that that sense of like I connect with my wife thinks he's gay. Uh I don't think he's gay. I think he's just got he's got that emotional connection to to Cody, probably to some of his friends and stuff like that. He's just, he needs it. And when you see how he is with Corey as well, it's just like, Corey's my boy and he's crying and everything and it matters to him so much that they're up against each other. I think that's just what Polly's heart is like. So it makes sense yeah. that he would try to like connect with Paul and, and emulate him, but it was just weird. It was no, just yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that does it here for us, but we got a few of the things that we got to tell you about. First thing is, um, if you want to help out the show, there's one of two ways. There's the Patreon, which it's once a month, annual, or like once a month, you give us chunk of, a little bit of change or whatever, or you can do it through the Amazon affiliate link, which gives us, I think it's 4%, 3 or 4% of the, the total purchase. It's, it's variant for different things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if any single person wanted to use the link that we have in the show notes for the Samsung Galaxy Note. Uh that would that would be a big deal uh, to to the network. That would be and 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 I say that not just because of that. It, it's a great phone. Uh but yeah, if you want to get an unlocked version, get through Amazon and and tag us with it so that we get our our 3 to 4% from the sale of a $1000 phone, you you can do that. And we do this because it's not for us to make money. Like, we're not sitting... Trust me, we're in no shape sitting in, like, just, oh, we're, all we do is podcasts. No, I need a car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my fuel gauge, do, it doesn't exactly work on my car. Um, I don't have a job, sort of deal. Right. Um, but no, so yeah, it's not... Strangely enough, we're still sitting here pitching for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, not for somebody else so much. We're pitching for the network. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dave Nelson, tasteful Dave Nelson... Who runs Galacticas? Who who created Galacticas? Uh, is is obviously not not talking about getting the money to him. It's not going to his wallet. Uh, he's not going to go get to see in the, the next Star Trek movie with the cashola. Uh, it goes towards maybe the network if itself. you bought the phone. Yeah, you well, you know, we could maybe get a pizza party or something going, but. No, it, it goes towards improving Galactic Netcast as a whole. It, it goes towards keeping the the company. Um, Solvent, helping pay for the website, uh, paying for hosting services, maybe paying for ads, uh, developing new shows. Sometimes there's equipment, like Matt uh, is having to get a new mixer because of problems we're running into on the podcast of tear recordings. Uh, 
I don't even think the the network at this point is able to help him with things like that. But it is in the the future. That's what we want to try to go towards. So anything that you can do to support, go to gncast.com/support, and you'll find the different ways to do that. Also, if you go to gncast.com/subscribe, uh, you can do things like sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we won't spam you. It'll just be about news about the different shows on the programs. And uh, like Brandon, our good friend Brandon from over at Geeks, got to sign into our Galacticast Slack channel, which used to be an exclusive for patrons. Now we want to try to open it up to everybody because it's important to us to be able to talk to you guys uh, about the shows, about the content that you want, and just in general to get to know you and uh, make new relationships. So gncast.com slash subscribe will get you into the the Slack. Yes. And then you can tell Gregor and me, uh, why do you guys do this show? Really? What are you thinking? Don't you have other things you can do with your lives? Maybe you'd have a car if you just went out more. And I answer that with, well, I could be playing Civilization Five right now, but then I'm just sitting there looking, okay, I'm the Polynesians. Where do I go? Where is my next move? That's all I do. Distract Gregor from his game. It's outside <laughs> influence. It, I mean, it, it, don't, don't get me wrong, I got like three other games I could be playing right now too, but it's like Civilization V has been sucking up all the time and all that. But another way you can distract me is by leaving us feedback. You can leave us feedback on the Slack as well, but you can also do it by going to or by calling us at 805-328-3966 and leaving us a voicemail. Or you could email us mail at elsnerds.com. And we have all of our social our social network stuff. You can find by going to by searching for Galactic Netcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, uh, all that stuff. Or you can follow our show Twitter, which we don't really do too much with, but I try to fix that. Um, over at Elsnerds, I am at uh, or sorry, our producers are at Beatmaster80 and at Mister Underscore Fusion on Twitter. I'm at that Gregor and also on Snapchat because I've been doing a little bit more of that. I'm uh, Gregor1942 over there. Phony Snapchat to let you to change your fucking name. And Corey, you can find all of his stuff over at Don't Ask Comics. And finally, this is Many Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you guys next week. Or else, motherfucker. You have been listening to a production of Galactic Netcasts. For more about this show and others, go to gncasts.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.